Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, and I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Tuesday. Ah, Tuesday. <laughs> Today is Tuesday. Oh, let's go through the passageway of doom here first. Today is Tuesday, September 24th. And I know the date today because it's release day for the Orchid Throne. Uh, it's been a long time coming. All right, let's see what we've got here under the grape arbor. It's a dampish morning. Woke up to fog, some lovely fog. I took a picture that I'll post. I should probably post the Orchid Throne cover, but... There's a, a lot of it out there. So many lovely bloggers and other people sharing that uh, yeah, I'm feeling like let's look at something besides the cover this morning. It is a pretty cover, though. David put the uh, wildlife camera out here last night and got some pictures. Um, but we think that he got pictures of, I mean, something set off the camera a whole bunch of times. Sorry for that crinkling sound. And there's actually not too much out here, so I'm trying to just expedite with the little whisk broom going straight into the bag, which is a little bit louder. But there we go. Um, you know, so it's motion sensitive. So he said he got a whole bunch of pictures, and we were looking at them a little bit earlier. And uh, we got pictures of the critter with glowing eyes. You know, it's that night camera, so it doesn't, you don't get as crisp of a picture. Oh, here's a bundle I missed. That one just goes over the wall. But it looks like a cotton wrap in the photographs, not the pack wrap. So hard to say what's going on there. He said tonight, now that he knows that he's got... Um, he's getting something he'll do it on a higher resolution so maybe someday i will have images of my nemesis to post having to button up my sweater here it's a little chilly so yeah fog this morning and that was our first real fog episode of the fall I love it that the high desert gets these fogs like that. It, um, it's like when there's enough moisture in the air. This impatience out of water. You wake up and the clouds have sunk to the ground and they, they fill up the valley below. I know I've posted pictures of those. And people don't really comment on those pictures. I think it's hard to see it. Um, the way that you could see it in real life. Maybe I should get the good camera out and uh, really see if I could capture how amazing that looks because it's just incredible. So I woke up about a quarter to six and there was plenty of fog outside the window giving that misty moorish feel with the you know beautiful vegetation out. So I took a picture through the bedroom window for you all to see. I'm going to put that on the podcast today. And then as the sun comes up, the fog starts to burn off from the top down. And because we're higher up, my house is at about 7,000 feet above sea level. And we're 
um, that's a, a good four or five hundred feet above Santa Fe. So we can actually look down and see the city from our windows. You can see it in the valley below. But the fog will stay in the valley below for a long time. So it's sort of like looking out onto this thick white sea. And, and it has waves in it. It kind of billows and changes. And then you can see it start to rise up out of the valley with these streamers. And it's really just incredible. I should take up painting again. Maybe that's what I should do for a creative thing. I haven't painted in a long time, and I used to enjoy it very much. I you know, I was about to say I probably still wouldn't be able to capture it, and I probably wouldn't be very good at it. And I just caught myself saying that. You know, that's really one of the things about any creative endeavor is that we... We do that to ourselves where we don't try to learn a thing or try to get better at a thing because our early stages of it were so bad, you know, and it's like, oh, I don't want to do this if it's just going to be sucky. <laughs> so, but I'm always giving people writing advice to that effect. You think I should, would be good at taking it. That's one thing is it's much easier to give advice than to take it. So I should try to, that would be interesting to try to paint it. That's, that's kind of cool. I'm, I don't want to keep belaboring the topic if you guys are bored, but I'm feeling that, um, that bright spark, you know, where you feel that creative energy sort of rising up, wanting to meet a thing. I'm feeling that bright spark of interest rising up. And so... So, no news on the new shiny yet. Um, it was just kind of hopefulness, thinking that maybe there would be yesterday. But um, sometime in the next few days, we'll definitely hear something. Uh, David commented that it takes time to pile up all that money. And, <laughs> and my friend Kelly Robson said that gold bars are heavy and that they might be looking for a forklift. So this is why I, I love my, my peoples. <laughs> They're very good to me. Oh, what a pretty day, though. It's really, even though it's kind of chilly, it's got that wonderful fall, Christmas. Leaves on the grape barber are starting to get a little bit more. They're still green, but they're starting to get a little bit more of a golden hue to them. So, yeah, weather's starting. You can hear the leaves rustling. A little bit of a breeze going. Flowers are still blooming beautifully. There's something about seeing the flowers bloom like this, even as the you know, the, uh, the foliage is starting to take on that yellow hue. I guess I mentioned that yesterday, that this seems like the season of, of purple and gold. And it really is. So, um, I'm a little bit later this morning. It's a little after 9 because I got up and... Um, pretty much dove straight into the the social media onslaught, which is really wonderful. I mean, it's so great that people send congratulations and, um, you know, post review links and say nice things. And it was definitely easier for me to not try to work. Um, 
so I just try to reply to all of the things. So it, it's wonderful, but it's, um, you know, it's just like it takes a while to reply to everyone and to try to, you know, I really do try to do that in a, I don't know, not just do like a thumbs up on every damn thing. There are some authors I see who like just say the same thing over and over again, and I think that they're just like copy-pasting, and it's like, you know, I feel like copy-paste shows. I can tell, <laughs> or at least I theorize that. Maybe that's not fair, but um, I really do try to put a little bit of thoughtful energy behind every reply. <clears throat> Sorry, I was just thinking about that a little bit. Yeah, I was thinking some things that I'm not going to say. Redact, redact, redact. See, I don't blab everything. Um, so one of the nice things, too, about the book birthday is hearing from people who, you know, we all have busy lives. and I, So hearing from people that I don't normally hear from uh, was really great because uh, Jill Smith tweeted to me this morning and said that I had done it again and that Orchid Throne is, is an amazing book and that really just made my day right there. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jill Smith used to be a reviewer for RT Magazine, now sadly defunct. Um, but she was, you know, in on supporting me from my early books, uh, from, you know, like when Mark of the Tala got the June Seal of Excellence and um, some of those best fantasy romance nominations and awards uh, RT was really great about supporting books and authors that way and I do kind of um, well I definitely miss it's too bad that uh, they didn't keep going and so really lovely of Jill to pop up and, and say so she must have gotten a review copy so I don't know if she's reviewing somewhere or not I should ask her But, yeah, it, it's just really wonderful to, you know, when people whose opinions and respect say nice things about your book. So I think that's mostly what I'm going to be working on today. I've got some businessy things to take care of. Um, having a call with Sarah in 20 minutes, Agent Sarah, about a, a non-book-related thing. She was, <laughs> I, I may have mentioned this before, but she said, you're not going to be working. You know, she said, can we do that on Tuesday? Because I bet you're not writing that day. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm not writing that day. I finally learned my lesson, whatever it is, 32 books later. And so. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's all part of the taking pressure off finding ways to I guess you know for so long I felt like <clears throat> I needed to be working all the time to try to bring that money in and at some point you realize that whether or not you work all the time doesn't necessarily affect that flow and so in some ways it's um you have to to trust trust in the universe to bring those things 
I remember learning a long time ago, and I'm still, I've, I've thought about this many, many times, so I haven't decided exactly what I think about it yet. <laughs> but, you know, the whole idea of, you know, when you wish for something, when you ask the universe for something, and setting it up so that it will manifest in your life. I had a teacher once where I said, um, you know, how often should you think about it? How often should you make that wish and reinforce that idea for your subconscious that this is what you want? And he had said, well, he said, when you post a letter, when you mail a letter, at how many times do you go to the post office to do it? You know, and obviously the answer is you go once and you mail it. And he said, so make, make the wish, set the intention, and then leave it alone. And I could see his point. I could see his point that that's um, what you do. And yet at the same time, there's a connectedness to wishing for things that is different than um, the mailing a letter. You know, that's the problem with analogies, right, is that they sometimes uh, fail to encompass the wholeness of what you're trying to do. Uh, is making a wish like mailing a letter. How is a raven like a writing desk? Um, there are ways in which a red raven is like a writing desk and ways in which it really is not, right? So, yes, making a wish, um, putting out a desire, setting forth an intention. Yeah, there's ways that that's like mailing a letter because it's sending a message, right? You're, you're sending a message to the universe but mailing a letter is is a finite thing and so you're putting a finite boundary around something that maybe doesn't have finite boundaries well that absolutely doesn't have finite boundaries so like I said I'm still contemplating that but I think there's something about that connectedness and maybe something that I'm you know like I've been talking about with sending a book out into the world where I feel like it makes that final cut where it sort of cuts the umbilical cord and you lose a little bit of blood and fluid. Sorry if that's gross. And you lose that last bit and it goes away. It's finally cleaved away from yourself. Um, and interestingly enough, I'm not feeling like that today. So maybe I had been doing that process all along. Um, Hard to say. I'm not sure what's responsible for that. Oh, um, well, yeah, I can't really say. But I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling energized and excited. Uh -huh. I I always do in the fall. <laughs> I know I keep saying that, but it's I discover that anew every time that uh, autumn is just really brings me a lot of, um, you know, maybe that's why I'm getting that spark of creativity about the idea of painting. I'm excited about this idea of painting. Uh, yeah. Why have to get my paints out? I bet they're all terribly old and icky. But maybe if I sell this new shiny, maybe that would be a good treat. I could go buy myself some, some canvases and painting supplies. And try to capture the fog. Do some plein air painting. 
you know, Lord knows I, I live in the place for plein air painting, right? People come here to do that very thing. And, and that's an exciting idea to me. I do have a plan to penny, <laughs> you know, speaking of putting intentions forth in the universe, I kind of made up a spreadsheet, of course, being the spreadsheet queen. And I figured out, depending on how much money they offer me for the new shiny, how I would distribute those funds. Uh, <laughs> you know, take out the cut for Sarah, which she absolutely earns. And a cut for the government, uh, which they don't necessarily earn. But I'm a big believer, even if I didn't have to, I believe in paying taxes. Because, you know, that's why how we have a, a common society and infrastructure. That's how we have roads and schools and health services and all of these things. I never understand the people who try not to pay taxes. You know, I mean, you don't want to pay more than you have to, but... Certainly, paying taxes is part of our, I wouldn't even call it a civic responsibility. It's part of what we give to each other, right? <clears throat> but then I have certain things I want to pay off and certain things I want to pay for. And I might get a couple of nice little treats just to reward myself for working hard. I really want to set aside money for the uh, for the dream remodel. <laughs> that that comes next. I need to pay some things off. But if if this turns things around, if things go really well, um, then that dream remodel is on the list. We have some home repairs that we really need to do too. So I kind of want to mesh those together. Like we really need to do redo the stucco on the house at some point, but. If we're going to put on an addition, then I would like to do the addition first and then do the stuck wall at once. That sort of thing. It's fun to do that. It's fun to budget for the dreams. And I suppose that's one way of uh, figuring the, of mailing that message, right? Is budgeting for the stuff with the money that you hope will come. And thank you all for your good wishes. I really appreciate the comments and private messages that people have been sending, sending, rooting for this. So, and thank you all for supporting Orchid Throne. Uh, the Amazon rank is looking good and climbing. So that's pretty awesome. I did notice, um, it's an interesting point that the romantic fantasy subcategory ranking is considerably higher than the fantasy romance subcategory ranking on Amazon for those of you interested in such things uh, when I when David looked actually this morning because I don't usually look uh, he the romantic fantasy was at like 150 in the subcategory and fantasy romance it was like down around 600 and I'm pretty sure that that's because a lot of the Kindle Unlimited books that are in fantasy romance now are flooding that subcategory you know it's what happens when you have a hot genre um yeah i just i'm i'm 
trying to phrase this nicely, and I'm not going to be able to. You know, I just think that Kindle Unlimited is a pestilence. I think that it's it's harming authors and books. I know people are making money off of it, you know, and, and God bless them for the time that they're getting to make that money, but I think they're making money at the expense of other authors, and I think it's devaluing books as a whole, and I'm excited for the day when it disappears, <laughs> alas. Uh, and yeah, I have some books in Kindle Unlimited because, you know, might as well take advantage of it while I can. But the people who really, you know, pump the ads to get to the top of the subcategories and crowd everybody else out. And it's not necessarily with the books that are really fantasy romance, you know. They just like pick that subcategory because they can get to the top of it. Yeah, so, so it goes. But, um, no, don't be all going and putting your books in romantic fantasy, because I said that. <laughs> and actually, it was St. Martin's who made that choice. So, but still good to know. So, thank you all. This is big thanks from me, uh, from my heart and home to yours. I really appreciate all your support. And here's to many more to come, Yes. Hope you all have a wonderful Tuesday, and I will talk to you all later. Take care. Bye-bye.